Hello and welcome to the Local Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson. The Local Leaders Podcast provides a platform for successful business owners to share their stories, their experiences, their advice, and their ideas in order to help our listeners achieve more success in their business and in their lives. Get ready. Another great show is coming up. Hey, good morning or good afternoon, everyone. It's Jeff Johnson, your host with the Local Leaders Podcast. And uh, we are uh, super stoked here on this Monday morning. It's almost Thanksgiving, and we're excited to uh, bring Michael Duganier uh, with us here today. Good morning or good afternoon, Michael, and thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me. How are you? Hey, I'm doing fantastic, and uh, we we really do appreciate you taking time on Monday uh, to to come on to the Local Leaders Podcast and talk a little bit about your your experience and your background, um, you know, with your business and, and kind of where you've been and what you've done. And and I guess to lead it off, uh, I should just stop talking and give you an opportunity to tell us about uh, Public O Kitchen and Tap and and kind of what it's all about and and all the good stuff you might want to share about the business. Yeah, well, Publico uh, in Columbia, South Carolina started on Friday the 13th, uh, 2015 in November. And so we just celebrated our sixth birthday. We also have one in Atlanta that's about three and a half years old. And we're about to open one in March uh, in another location in Columbia. Um, our company name is All In Hospitality. And that's that we got that name because my business partner and I... Um, it's a real long story, but uh, when we got together, you know, we were all in, all in financially, all in blood, sweat, and tears, doing the build out, the demolition, the design, the training, the, the you know, I, I, after we got open, I ran that restaurant without any managers for 40 weeks, open to close, um, 10 months, you know, just about 130 hours a week, like putting everything in, we were all in and mm. we've created that culture now with our, with our team that they're all in, our managers, our leaders. Uh, our hourlies, everybody cares. Uh, it's a good, a good culture uh, that we've created by, by going that route. And that, I, I, and I appreciate you mentioning that because all in hospitality is how I had you listed, but I uh, got stuck on uh, public O, but um, you know, it, it's all one and the same. And it, yeah, I, I love that as a culture too. You're all in and, and that's what you want from your employees, you know, and, and that's the hardest thing I think for business owners like yourself to accomplish is to get people bought in you know, to what you're trying to do. So, you know, tell me a little more about that. How, what all have you done over the years to try and, you know, really get that buy-in from your people? Um, you know, we, we use the one-minute manager mentality with our, with our team. Our managers all use that method of the one-minute praise, one-minute uh, reprimand, one-minute goal set, you know. Um, and we also, um, you know, we love to, to coach and direct our managers. But also when we're busy, we're the first, my business partner, you know, he's 21 years older than me. We're the first two to be running around, running food, cleaning tables if yeah. they need it when we're, when we're in the stores. Um, I mean, like I said, we were decorating for our Christmas pop-up last night and this morning. Uh, and I was in there wrapping tables with the guys, even though we, we had hired someone to do that one. But, um, and then just holding you know, people accountable. Sometimes as, as it's been harder and harder to find uh, employees, in today's world, you start to struggle with, you know, I want to keep people. So, you know, do I let them get away with certain things? And I think I, we've learned over the, over the past and in my career, 
that continue, continue to uphold yourself to your own standards and uphold your team uh, to the expectations and standards. And um, I think they want that. They want to be led and they want to know they're working for, you know, our, our, our mission statement is uh, always do the right thing. That's the company mission statement. Um, and I think they, they buy into that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and you've got a lot of energy yourself and that, that you bring to the table. And I'm sure your, your team is the same way. And, um, but I want to backtrack just for a second and give you a chance to, to kind of do a little mini commercial or a little, little ad or to let people know about uh, Publico that, that haven't had the chance to, to eat with you or to drink sure. with you or to, or to come by. Tell, tell me a little about or us a little about the concept and kind of what, what it's all about, what the type of food, all that good stuff. So currently there's two Publicos, one Atlanta, one Columbia. The third one's coming in March. All of them have uh, outdoor patio space. Uh, Columbia's space is ginormous in the backyard. It's a big, it's a big backyard. Um, it's, uh, we use uh, IntelliTurf. It's a, it's a, a grass turf that is, uh, I guess when it rains hard, it can um, drain itself. Um, and uh, we're very pet friendly. We've got a VIP menu, very important puppy menu. <laughs> and all the uh, all the proceeds go to uh, the Humane Society or the SQ Rescue. So every every puppy plate we sell, uh, I donate it back online um, to them. And then uh, indoors, you know, we're we're Latin Asian inspired uh, menu. So you want to get a, a platter of tacos with edamame and plantains? Go for it. If you want to get ramen or bao buns or a Cuban sandwich, um, it's a real unique menu that you know we can. Because we call it Latin Asian, we're not just tied down to, you know, uh, just selling tacos. We right. can we can change it as the as the time goes on, and uh, and then of course we're known for all of our different margaritas, spicy cucumber, the uh, different flavors, our house mark, um, great bar scene, and then like I told you, um, both restaurants just set up for what I call Santa's Pub at Publico, and we just. Uh, starting today through New Year's, we're doing a Christmas pop-up at both restaurants. They're completely decked out. Got the Christmas cocktails, the tiki mugs, the decorations, the movies, the music. My staff's dressed up. I have a snow machine in Colombia that it snows every now and then outside my roof, down the front of the restaurant. Yeah, so that's 70 awesome. degrees outside. It's snowing only at Publico. And, um, and the other thing that we have to offer right now is both restaurants. Um, We've been doing this now. This is our fourth year doing the heated igloos that became a big deal last year with COVID. Um, but we've been doing igloos for four years where you can go on our website and reserve a private heated igloo on our patio. And uh, you get two hours. There's a food and beverage minimum. You and your friends sit in there and get service. Uh, great atmosphere, especially in Midtown Atlanta. The backdrop is, is Midtown, all the high rises. It's a great look. So we've got Christmas bar going on right now. We've got igloos going on. We got Publico. We're building a restaurant called Boku right now in Colombia. That's going to be our Asian concept. A lot happening. Man, you have got it going on. And, and uh, like I said, I love the energy. And, and I've never heard of igloos, like heated igloos. No, really. Yeah, yeah. So um, they were first made to be uh, greenhouses. And about four years ago, my business partner saw one uh, in New York City and called me up and said, do me a favor, measure the patio. I'm like, for what? He's like, just measure the patio. So I measure the patio and he's like, okay, I just, I think we can fit six. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to order you six igloos 
and I'll explain it to you later. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? <laughs> and then these igloos came, we built them and uh, we created this thing in Midtown Atlanta. And, and I think we were the first to do it there. And now you're seeing igloos throughout the nation. People are using them, especially because people want to be kind of uh, off to themselves. Like, yeah. Off to themselves. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we don't, we don't charge like a fee to get in. Like some places, you know, we'll charge you an arm or a leg just to have one. We just do these minimums, food and beverage minimum spends and um, like reservations and people love them. They're all over TikTok. They're all over Instagram. They're pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I, I should have caught that on your social media beforehand, too, because I, I should have been prepped to ask about it. I'm gl- glad you mentioned it. And I can't wait to try it because, um, you know, we're not too far apart from each other. I'm, unlike some of the some of the owners and operators of, you know, that we've had on the show. Uh, all the way across the country, you're you're over here pretty close. So I got no excuse to come check yeah. out an igloo and bring some friends. Hey, just how let many, me know where. How many people do I need for an igloo? Would you say six? I mean, it could be two people, um, where the minimum is a little higher per person for two yeah. people. Uh, I mean, you can. We've had fourteen people in an igloo once. It's not oh comfortable, but I suggest six to eight. Plenty of space. They're eleven by seven. Um, they're pretty nice size. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we have little little uh, electric fireplaces in there to keep it warm. And we have these lights that like look like disco balls that hang over the tables. Like they're really nice. Yeah, that's well. I didn't mean to get all caught up on the on that that coolness, but I love it. I love it, and uh, it's always great to see new ideas and new concepts kind of come to fruition. Um, you know, with people like your yourself who are creative, and you got great great creative team members. I'm I'm sure as well who help you with that, but. What a great opportunity and a great experience, you know, for those that are in the area, Columbia, Atlanta, if you're anywhere near the area, be sure to, to check it out. And like you said, you can reserve those online uh, and come check out the Christmas pop-ups, the, the Christmas deco, which uh, sounds awesome as well. Um, but back to kind of the reason we had we wanted to get you on yep. here today was <laughs> uh, if I can get myself refocused here on a Monday. Is to, is to really talk through, uh, you know, that story of, of the business itself, as well as um, kind of talk about some of the, the challenges or frustrations or, or issues that you and your, your business partner kind of ran yeah. into when, when you got started. Um, you said uh, 2016, I think, was the, the startup. Were there any major, did you have capital challenges or? Well, I mean, it, it, I'll try to make it quick, but, you know, the, how he and I started our company, uh his name is Bob and I, I worked for him since I was 23 and I was the first hire of a company that he was a partner in that uh, because of him, we were doing restaurants with the hall of fame athletes and we we're doing restaurants. Um, we became the first and only company to get the team names and logos and the rights to the NFL teams. Nice. And we were opening restaurants with the NFL. Um, he taught me everything. And, and then at one point he was challenged with stage four throat cancer. And when that happened, uh, he had to pull himself out of operations a bit and really focus on his, on his life. And during that time, his partners were not doing right by him. And long story longer, when he beat cancer and came back, they forced him out of the company and they were starting to do some just shady things. And so when that happened, he and I started talking and he was just like, you know, what do you think if you and I tried to go on our own and do our own company? And I said, you know, Bob, there's not a, there's not a duo. I don't believe in more. Um, and I quit, uh, my 10 year job. I was at a pretty good gig there. And, um, I moved into my buddy's, uh, apartment 
and slept on his recliner chair for six months um, mm. in, in Nashville, Tennessee, as we were trying to find where to start a company. And we just took our pennies and we, we knew we had to find the right location. We were, we were afraid, like we, we didn't want to pick the wrong one and, and throw everything we had into it all in and fail. We turned down about four probably opportunities. And then we got an opportunity in Columbia, South Carolina. And I drove over here and looked at it. I called him. I thought it was perfect. He came to town, agreed. And we, we moved into an apartment together. We did, like I said, the demo, the build out, the design, spent three months decorate, you know, building it out, building the tables. Um, you know, the coolest part about getting to go to Columbia was my career path over just about 20 years had taken me to 20 different moves. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm from Buffalo, uh, you can tell from my hat and, um, my parents moved to Myrtle beach years back about 10 years ago. Yeah. And I never really had much time with them over the last 15 years. And this move got me two and a half hour drive to their house. And so that summer of doing the build out of Publico, my mom and dad were a part of it. They came to town every other week, painting the building, building tables. I mean, they really put their own blood, sweat and tears into it. And, um, and we were able to, you know, uh, open up, like I said, being with our pennies, I ran that restaurant with no managers to save money for 40 weeks and it worked out. And, uh, we were able to then, um, put our standards in and meet the neighborhood. I was probably talking to every table. I had no voice. Um, cause I was just talking so much to everybody. And then we got an opportunity to go to Atlanta and do the same thing. Moved there. We built the whole thing out ourselves and did that too. So, um, financials. Yeah, that was, it. I mean, to, to learn how to put together a PL from a different city and kind of guess what it's going to be like in Columbia, never been there before and try to figure out what I'm going to spend in heating and air. What am I going to spend on labor, food costs, all that. And to really hit it, get so lucky and fortunate that we hit it on the head. And, um, and every year that restaurant's done well for us. Um, it gave us opportunities. Atlanta, um, different market, whole different ball game. Yeah. And uh, COVID has made it a challenge over there. That restaurant did well the first year. And then with COVID, there's been some challenges, but she's still fighting, you know? Yeah. You were, I mean, in a big city, Atlanta's totally, totally different market. I, I'm, I'm local enough to know the difference uh, between Columbia and, and Atlanta. Yeah. And, um, you know, Atlanta's big city time. And uh, I'm sure just like all the other big cities, New York and LA and all those areas that it was, um, it, it was more impactful to, to what restaurant owners in terms yeah. of, of driving revenues. And I mean, your costs are exorbitant already. Um, so any little uh, tweak yeah, in, your, in your numbers really causes a, can cause a panic, but you guys the made costs are, The costs are probably three times the amount, but um, you know, we're in a great location in Midtown surrounded by all these high rises, um, but there's just nobody going to work right now. So yeah. there's nobody going into the office then that really uh, makes it difficult, you know, with keeping your staff happy, making sure they're making money, you know, making sure we're making money, you know? So trying to balance that is difficult. We've been fortunate in Columbia. Columbia is a state capital college town, a lot of medical, those things aren't going anywhere. And we've been, we've been fortunate to have a great staff and great community that supports us. I just curious. I don't think I asked you last week when we were uh, chatting, but did, did, did you have a, a big takeout business in Columbia prior to COVID or did that? You know, the to-go side, no, it was never really big for us there. Yeah. It got better. 
it's bigger now, but it's not like some of these restaurants that you see that are just, you know, really crushing it on to go. I mean, I was at a restaurant last week and I felt bad because they were short staffed and they only had their, their bartenders couldn't bartend. They were just taking to orders. And, um, it's probably struggling with, uh, retaining guests that want to come back when they're not being attended to because they're focusing on to go, but they, they had a tremendous to go business. Um, we haven't really seen a, that big of an uptick in to go. Well, I mean, it, it sounds like your uh, public O is more of an experience, uh, kind of the experiential yeah. type of type of restaurant. You need you, you want people to be there and, and to enjoy the atmosphere and the people and the experience and and right. all that. And that's that's hard to package in a in a sack or a box, you know, and send home. Yeah, with with the patio in both locations. And they both have garage doors that open up to the dining rooms. You know, I think that might be why we're getting less to go and people are still coming in because they feel safer coming in where you can do igloos, you can do patio, you can be inside with the doors open if it's nice out and get that fresh air still going through. So yeah. I think those have been very helpful for us. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I can't wait to I can't wait to come down that way and, and check it out. And uh, I, I don't get to Columbia quite as often, but I've been to Myrtle Beach plenty. Uh, yeah, and it's it's nice that you were able to bring your your mom and your dad in, and, and they were able to take part in, in kind of helping you build this thing out. Yeah, they've always they've always they've been the they've always believed in anything and trusted in my decision making, and and have always you know when I quit my career and lived on a chair for six months, they believed in me, and so they're I'm very fortunate to have such wonderful parents. Yeah, I yeah, I thought of something a minute ago. I meant to ask you when you were talking about the the renovations and you know, the time it took to kind of build out the the Columbia location to begin with. Yeah. Did you guys have the concept Publico already in your heads or built prior to finding the location, or did you find the location and then create a concept? We had the concept okay. and um, the design. I give a hundred percent credit to my business partner because he's just amazing at at those things. But we discussed the concept and we, we went in with our toes, you know, into the water first by, um, you know, the menu was limited a little bit in the beginning. You know, I'd never owned a, a business before and um, we wanted to make sure we didn't make mistakes. So we, when we first opened, it was more focused on like tacos and taps. And then we, you know, each week, each month, that menu evolved and evolved and evolved. And, um, and now we feel like the concept is, is well rounded out on how we wanted it. Yeah, that well, that that makes sense, and and you were kind of like you said, testing the waters and uh, trying to make sure you did it right because you know it, it's hard to get that you can't make a first impression more than once. And right, yeah, um, yeah, you want to make sure you you don't drive away customers and and not get them to to stay with you. So yeah, that that's always interesting to me because sometimes people I've had some people tell me that you know the, the location, the building. Um, kind of is where you start and you create a concept around it and other people kind of go the other way and they're like, no, I got the concept. I just got to find the right business, the right building or the right location. Yeah. It's, it's just interesting how, how that all works. And um, so I was curious, but how about, you know, the, the current issues that we're running into today with, you know, food costs, shortages, staffing, uh, are those, you know, I'm sure they're impacting you, but how badly are they impacting you? And, and kind of how are you trying to work through it? So uh, staffing's tough. Um, luckily for us in, in the Columbia location with that college town, we haven't had staffing issues. I, knock on wood, we've been so fortunate. We got a good group of kids. Atlanta, it's different. You know, you got you to gotta drive into Midtown. You got to find parking, pay for parking. 
And if there's no lunch business when no one's in the offices, it's hard to retain staff. Um, yeah. But my whole neighborhood, I think, has been short staffed for two years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we, we try to use uh, different things like Indeed and our social media to try to bring people in. Um, and uh, obviously, we've had to look at um, being competitive with pay. Um, sometimes you don't want to be stuck in that corner where all of a sudden now you're just you, you feel like you're having to just offer more money to get people in. You don't want to reward people for the wrong reasons, but um, you also want to know to try to do right by your people. And um, so staffing has been difficult. Uh, what were the other two questions you had? There was two of them you said. What were there two? Um, yeah, there was uh, food food shortages and food costs. Yeah, so shortages, food, beverage, you name it. Um, one week we can't get Modelo. Next week we can't get Plaza Azul, you know. Yeah. We can't get simple things that you would think uh, food or beverage that have never been a problem before, and they're always a problem now. So as long as you know how to communicate to your staff what's going on and then your team can educate the guest why it's not in the building, I, I would hope and think that people are a little more uh, understanding right now. Um, I would say, um, so food cost was the other question. Yeah. Food cost, um, I think across the board, uh, and not just in our industry, probably many industries, people have had to look at their pricing and you know, you had to raise some pricing a little bit because now you're, you're spending more money on your staff because you're giving them higher wages and uh, product is coming in more expensive. So you, you can't, you, you have to raise some prices, you know, and we, we've done that, you know, but I think any good business has, has had to do that, you know, year in and year out, just based on things have gone up, you know, ever since I've been in the business, I, th- I feel like it's a, it, you know, these things happen now more than ever though, for sure. Yeah, but well, we, yeah. when we, when we create a dish though, What's important to us is if we have a dish in the menu and because the price has to go up so much, there's not a value to that dish anymore, then that dish can't be on the menu. So we try to create value uh, with the price points. Yeah, well that, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to capture there what you were just saying because that, that's important and, and something you got to watch. So you, you've almost got to have or be more dynamic with your, your menu these days to be able to, uh, I guess, shake and, shake and jive with what's available. Yeah you know, what you can yeah. fix because of ingredients and things like that with, uh, and also bringing in the, the value factor of, you know, at, at some point, you know, a hamburger just runs out of room to go up. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the value on a, a $42 hamburger? There's yeah. no value there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and some things you can get away with better than others. And, and it sounds like you're coping with it. Um, you know, it's like so many others, um, who've had to deal with the same thing. You know, you, you, I don't know. There's just so many different things that you can, you can only so many things you can do to affect your food costs. Yeah. Um, when they're going through the roof like that, you know, raising prices is, is not, uh, you know, is what we see as a norm these days. And, um, and I think, I think our, the guests are more accepting of that these days. I think they understand, you know, for the most part. And um, I know when I go out to eat, it, it costs a little more, and, and I understand that's going to be the case. But uh, it's always good to be educating our our customers and making sure that that they're aware, right? You know of what's going on, um, you know, to keep things going. So let me ask you this: Now I've, I've had restaurant owners, um, single unit restaurants, multi unit restaurants, uh, tell me really different answers on this. But on, on the marketing side of things. Um, have you have you 
increased spend there in the marketing area or maybe brought it back a little bit because you had the food cost issues, the shortages, the staffing issues? Are you trying to bring in more customers or kind of what, what are you guys thinking on the marketing side? We're always trying to get more customers, but, um, you know, we've always done social media. We've really never had a marketing budget. We've never really spent money on marketing. Um, we do things like, you know, you want, you want to come in and, and you look at the menu and you see, we have a grasshopper taco and you go back to the office on Monday and you're like, I was at Publico last night and had a grasshopper taco and we, that's on there. So you go back to the office and talk about it. Like that's how we yeah. get the marketing to happen. And then of course we really work hard with TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. Really, uh, my, my kids at the restaurant today, we, we transformed Publico into Santa's pub. They put together all these TikToks that, you know, I'm probably too old now that, 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 that they, the things that are trending, but they're keeping it, keeping me young and they're, and they're keeping it cool. And uh, they made these great videos and they were all so into them. And we posted all those today. So mostly it's social media. Um, and, and what's cool about social media is when you do certain things and people come in and they tell you, they saw it, I saw, I saw the igloos on TikTok, then, you know, it's working, you know, yeah. when you, when you do that kind of stuff. So uh, back in the day, when you'd buy an ad in a newspaper, unless it was, you know, clip it out for a coupon, you didn't know if people were coming in because of it, you know, or a radio buy. Yeah. So, um, uh, social media has been the most important thing to us. Uh, well, you know, it's in the restaurant space. That's what we typically see. Most people focusing their efforts, you know, on the uh, on Facebook and Instagram. But it sounds like you guys have kind of taken it up a notch because y'all are being more creative with your menu items and with your decor and the you know the overall experience and all the different things you're doing. Um, and capturing that in, in some form of social media and, and even using TikTok is, is pretty cool stuff. So yeah, congrats. And I, I'm sure it's going to pay off and, um, you know, and, and also help you launch, you know, the new brand. So, so tell us about the, the, the new concept. I, I almost forgot and didn't even give you a chance to talk about it. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, we're, we're putting in a, uh, a new concept in Columbia, South Carolina called Boku. And it's a Pan-Asian concept. Um, there's gonna be a lot of wok cooking involved, um, noodles, bao buns, um, the design of the restaurant, uh, for the first time, we're not building it ourselves. We have, uh, my business partner has a really great friend who, who designs uh, a bunch of restaurants in Miami. And so we're kind of giving it a Miami flair and, uh, and, uh, a lot of different like, uh, shades of green on the front of the building. There's going to be murals on the walls, um, small patio in the back, and then the bar side. Um, this one will be more wine and sake based and not as many taps uh, and some great cocktails. Sounds awesome. Making me hungry now and thirsty. Going <laughs> 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 to get the young man to get your sake on in Colombia. That, uh, that, that'll be awesome. How, how long before you think, uh, is, is there a target date to, to get around? Yeah. Um, probably at the latest, it'll be open by, you know, early to mid January. So that'll get open. And then right when that's done, we turn around and we go to bull street and we work on uh public or bull street, uh, right next to the minor league baseball stadium over there. And you got your hands full brother. Yeah. <laughs> you have got your hands full. So, so do you think you'll get the bull street Publico going, uh, in 2022 then maybe summer? Is that a- uh, it'll be open no later than March 24th. Wow. 
Yeah. And time for you are, baseball season. You are season. cutting it tight. You are cutting yep. it tight. Yep. Oh, man. Now, let me ask you this. You going to sleep in the chair for another 40 weeks and, um, <laughs> and not yeah, hire the managers for these new locations? I might have to. Actually, you know, we've been already – one thing that we're doing that, you know, in my last company – it would be frowned upon is we've already started hiring the managers for Boku and potentially Publico and we're spending the money on training them now. Um, so they integrate into the culture. They know our standards, they get comfortable with us and then we can go through an opening where they don't feel like it's an opening because they've been doing it with us for months. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we've already brought in some people and we're actually already interviewing and hiring for Boku. And if they do accept the job with us, we're telling them they're going to come work at Publico, train under our standards and our culture there. And then when Boku's ready to go, they go do the training at Boku. This way they can continue to make money during the holiday season and then go into training when it's time. Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an awesome idea and strategy for, um, for being able to, to find people and, and to be able to, to really open up already experienced and trained. Um, and uh, as you said, give people opportunities around the holidays to make some money. But uh, again, it's it's nice to have have a bigger you know business, which is what you and your you, you and your partner have now. You've got the ability to move people in and out, and right, uh, yeah, and and really work to develop people uh, to take on you know the next opportunity. And uh, I would imagine you may have some public code folks now who. It, do you have some of them kind of going to make the shift to, to Boku? When you yeah, open? some of them, some of them are, uh, and, they, and they know who they are. And uh, like one, one really great thing about our, our company, like Publico Columbia, for example, like starting with the hourlies, the hosts have become servers, have become bartenders, have become managers. Like that's the route they all seem to take. And it's so cool to watch these kids all, you know, I only get them for two to three years and then they go away because they're graduating or whatever, unless they stay with us. Yeah. You know, I've got a girl doing my sales and events right now. She's my first sales and events coordinator. She was a server and a, a bartender for me. And then she became a manager for us. And now she's going to oversee sales and events. And she's going to oversee all three restaurants in Columbia. And so to watch all these kids grow up with us, um, one, uh, I know who they are. I know their character. I know their, their families. Um, a lot of them start off green, which is fine because we can teach them. I'd rather have good character and trustworthy, hardworking people um, that need to learn than people that have done this for 30 years and they want to stick to their bad habits, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that that's important and it's hard to break those bad habits when, once they get it. So it's nice to, you know, the hard part about the green folks is it takes a little more training to, to kind of get them into their restaurant industry uh, and, and to kind of learn how service hospitality is going to work. Uh, but as you said, uh, you don't have to fix problems. Um, right. Yeah, which which I know you you I know you only have a few problems each day, so um, you got plenty of time for that, right? We talked about some this morning before we got on the phone. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know that's that that really caught me by surprise and, and was was shocking. But yeah, it, it the the plight of a, a restaurant owner operator is uh, not one that's not one for the faint of heart, right? it's 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 a blue collar job and if anyone thinks it's not they shouldn't be in the business because you got to get your hands dirty and you gotta you know, there's long hours and there's less time with family and friends and there's less time for holidays usually and and so um if you love it you do it if you're not if you, if you want to do it because you think it'd be cool to own a bar get out of here like it's just not that's not gonna work 
Yeah, it's and you know, so many people do that. And, um, you know, and some of them can keep a business open, you know, for a number of years that way. But it's, you know, it's not thriving. It's not growing. It's not it's not a place that's employing others and creating opportunities for them to grow and develop. Um, You know, you guys have a have built a really successful business. And, um, you know, from the from the energy and and the the all the forward drive that you've got going now, I can see that just continuing. And, you know, next time we talk, you probably have 10 of them going. Yeah. My mother would lose her mind if that's the case. But <laughs> Yeah. Hey, do you think, do you think Publico will, um, will get outside of Columbia and Atlanta? Are you looking at, or are you thinking about other locations? Other yeah, the, South, the Southeast is, is our, where our mindset's at. We do really see Columbia as like a home base for us. It's a great right. town. Um, but, you know, Raleigh, Nashville, um, Charleston, um, the, the Southeast area, we, where we're, Greenville. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of great cities and, um, and locations, you know, in and around all those areas that you mentioned. And, um, you know, if you, if you mosey over here toward Raleigh and then even a little further up toward Greensboro, you'll be right in my backyard. I won't have to yeah. go. I love Raleigh. I think it's a great town. We were, oh, we were close at one point and then it didn't happen, but we'll see. Yeah, Raleigh sounds like a really good fit for what you know for what you kind of created over there in Columbia, and um, uh, be a, be a great place to go if you're coming to North Carolina, and and of course there's places all over the nation. Let, let me ask you this: Have you guys thought about and and I'm gonna get close to wrapping up here because I just looked at the clock, but have y'all thought about like the franchise model at all? And and if so, was that ever something you you considered? Yeah, no, we, we've never thought about it. We never we never thought about the franchising we've never uh people have come to us wanting to invest or uh be a partner and we just said you know we're good we're gonna keep fighting the fight the two of us and uh it's just a little cleaner and simpler that way i don't know if we're old school or what but right now this is kind of we like it we like the little family that we have we call it the public fam so yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, I mean, that there's nothing wrong with that, and and you can, as you've proven, you can continue to grow. You know, with that model, and and people usually take one or two paths, and, and a lot of it depends on the concept and everything else yeah. as well. But, um, you know, the you know really, you guys are becoming a restaurant group, uh, whether you want to be one or not. Um, you know, with a couple different brands out there now, or with two brands almost out now, and yeah multiple locations um you know you just continue to build your internal strengths and and bring in good key people and develop these young folks into into managers and and you know ultimately decision makers and in some of your um um, other parts of the business and next thing you know you'll have an accounting team and a marketing team and (laughs) all kinds of people sitting over in columbia right yeah well i you know I know on behalf of our, our listeners, um, you know, I'll, I wish you guys the best. Uh, sounds like a, an awesome place to work, uh, a great opportunity. And, um, you know, I don't know your partner, but uh, be, it looks like a great place to, you know, you'd be a great boss to work with. And I appreciate you taking time to be on our show today and, and share a little bit about your journey uh, with our I appreciate listeners. it. I appreciate uh, you guys. Hey, any parting comments, final words of wisdom, uh, anything that I failed to ask you that, you had made a note of to make sure you told me. Um, no, just the, uh, you know, if, if you're in the restaurant industry or you want to get in the restaurant industry, just make sure you lo- make sure you love it. Those are my alarms going off right now because I got no, to be at two o'clock. Uh, make sure you love it, you know, because it, it it does become your baby in a way, and you have to 
it's a living, breathing thing, this industry, and uh, it, it, it deserves your time. And so uh, it's a lot of work, but, uh, but I, I've always, I mean, I've been, I washed dishes when I was 16. This is all I've ever done, you know, so. So it's, it's life. Life is, as Mike knows it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for, for being on our show and, and for anybody that, uh, that kind of tuned in late. Um, you know, we, we've been talking about Publico uh, over in Columbia, South Carolina, and also in Atlanta. Uh, we've got Boku coming uh, in Columbia. Um, you know, Mike and his team and his partner, they, they are uh, ramping up and ready to go. They've got everything ready for Christmas. So if you're just catching this podcast, hadn't had the chance to, to be a part of Publico in either Atlanta or Columbia, be sure you uh, get online, make a reservation for a teepee. And for the igloos, yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. The not, not the, where'd I get teepee from? I don't know. Um, I, I didn't switch from, from TPs and, and igloos to Indians and everything else, but it is Monday. So get an igloo, uh, go in to see them, have a great meal. And uh, again, thanks for being here, Michael. And we appreciate your time, sir. Thank you, sir, very much. Hey, and for all our listeners, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Local Leaders Podcast. We appreciate you being here. I'm your host, Jeff Johnson, and we look forward to seeing you on the next show. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Local Leaders Podcast. You can find us at www.jeffzpodcast.com or jeffzjohnson.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening and be sure to come back every Monday and Wednesday for our next episode.